You have heard one lie after another after another from the news media to government spokespeople and others. I happened to on the web, and I asked the web uh, a question. I said, what are some recent uh, lies that we have heard in our United States of America? And I got to tell you, there is a plethora of lies there from more politicians. It's actually embarrassing that our politicians have lied so much and been found out. Politicians have embarrassed themselves. They've repeated lies, and they, and they keep repeating those lies over and over again. And, and they, they're supposed to be our leaders and supposed to be speaking the truth, but they're not. There once was a day, and I bond, and, and whatever he said, he would do. He would follow through on it. He meant it when he said it. Today, I wonder, who is telling the truth? MSNBC, CDC, or those teaching the ABCs? <laughs> who is telling the truth? Today's media hides ineptness of government officials. Government officials believe if they keep telling that lie long enough, loud enough, that people are actually going to start to believe it. Remember, we're talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Talking about Jesus talking here to the Jewish nation, to the Jewish people. And Jesus is talking about in this fabulous message on that mountainside about kingdom living, about how you and I are supposed to be living today. As believers, we're supposed to be living a certain way and that our word would be our bond. That when we said something, we'd actually follow through on it. And we don't have to put our hand on a stack of Bibles and saying that we'll actually tell the truth. The question then is, is there lying and deceitfulness taking place in the Christian community? Forget about the world. What about the Christian community? And folks, I'm not speaking about the fringes of the church. You're going to have those kinds of things where a person may say something that it's not true. They may tell a joke that's not true or a story about themselves. You know, I remember when I was a little boy and I batted 750 and never made an error in baseball. Yeah, if you believe that one, I've got some land in Florida. But we do seem, seem to say things like that. How about this? A pastor preaches a message that wasn't his that he actually took it from someone else. That's lying. That's lying to the congregation, telling them that by the preaching that uh, he did the work, but in essence what he did was the stealing and then preaching that work, and he did not do the work. And I've heard of that happening in the Christian community. Not even going to get to the times when a man or a woman in the congregation, tells a story, and the story never happened. You begin to tell something, and it never happened. They're, they're trying to build themselves up in the eyes of others. Look at me. Look at what I've done. Look at what I've accomplished. And it's never really happened. Folks, when Jesus is speaking here, yes, he is speaking about oaths. He is speaking about 
keeping your word and the vows that uh, you make. But he makes it very clear that we have a problem as well as others. And I don't want to point my fingers just at government officials. But turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 33 through 37, where he says this, Again, you have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no earth at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black, but let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything else Anything beyond these is of evil. Jesus is serious when he brings out this message. Serious because the Jewish community was using oaths to try to convince others that they were telling the truth. One of the troublesome things in our human existence is the tongue. Uh, We see that uh, in James it speaks of the tongue of being a fire that it causes all manner of trouble. You can say things that you don't mean, and you can say things that are not true. You can say things that you will never follow through on. And, and folks, when I say you, I mean you. None of us, none of us are absent or free from anything like that. Here in this text, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is condemning the use of vows because he finds them to be false vows that were taken by the Jewish community. community. They should never have been taken. And these people continue to do it over and over and over again. That's what he's getting to here. These false vows, in essence, are, are no different than today's making up stories or today's not fulfilling your word. Why don't you turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to just show you a few places in the, in the background of the Jewish community of where they talk of vows or talk of speaking the truth. And in Exodus chapter 20 verse 7, <clears throat> Moses says this, and uh, Exodus 20 verse 7, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, <clears throat> For the Lord, that is Yahweh, will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. In other words, they would take the Lord's name in vain. They would say, I believe this on the name of God and tell them whatever they're going to do. I'm going to give you 10 sheep. And of course, then they don't even have 10 sheep to give. But they promise that. That's what they would do there. And that's what was happening in Jesus' day. They were promising things, saying things, and they would be saying it's on God. It's, it's because of God that they're doing it. Let's look at another one. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 12. Leviticus 19, verse 12. And it says there, you shall not swear falsely by my name, so as to profane the name of your God I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. Folks, when God says something once, it's important. For him to say it twice, it's very important. 
And guess what? He says it again, Deuteronomy chapter 23. These folks, and he knew it when he was setting out the law through Moses, that these folks would take advantage and would uh, start lying. You say, well, that's not such a big deal. It's not such a big deal to lie once in a while. Deuteronomy 23, 21. It says, when you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it, for it would be sin in you, and the Lord your God will surely require it of you. Folks, saying something that's not true can be very hurtful, can be very painful. I remember when my children were growing up, I said, there's a lot of things that you can do, and you can get away with it. But one thing you cannot do is lie. Because once you lie, once you tell an untruth, then I'm guessing whether you're telling me the truth the next time and the next time. So tell me the truth all the time. And I would say to them, but if you do tell a lie, make sure you get to me before I find out that it's a lie. Confess your sin. I can forgive that. But do not get into the habit of telling a lie. Jesus is seeing these group of people here, these people that they love, and and he sees what they're doing. They're lying to one another. And when you lie to one another, you can't trust one another. Matthew chapter 5, verse 33, back in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this, Again, you have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not make false vows but you shall fulfill the vows that you give. That means if you say something, you better follow through on it. How about this? You're invited to a party, friend's house. You say, yes, I'm going to come. But then somebody that's more important invites you. And you say, oh, no, I can't make that. Or you send out an RSVP that you're going to come somewhere and you don't come, I'm too tired today. It's rainy out, it's sunny out, whatever it is. There's a lot of traffic out there. And we make excuses for those kinds of things. It's what Jesus is trying to tell us. In our ordinary walk with the Lord, in our ordinary walk as kingdom livers, we should be telling the truth all the time. There should be no question about whether it's the truth or not. Deuteronomy 10, you don't need to turn there, but Deuteronomy 10, 20 says this, that we are to swear by his name, you shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him and cling to him, and you shall swear by his name. He wants them to use his name, to swear by things, to say that they're actually going to happen, they're actually going to do it. But at the same time, He wants them to actually do it. When we get up to Matthew chapter 5 and the Sermon on the Mount, they were not following through on what they were supposed to follow through on. You see, the false use of the name of God is equivalent to taking his name in vain. You'll be punished for using God's name in this way. What happened is that the person is solemnly appealing to God as his witness. God is my witness. I'm going to do this. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. God is my witness. 
This person is swearing by God's name that he is telling the truth or swearing to carry out some kind of promise, and he does not do it. He does not follow through on it. Yeah, you disappoint the other person, but I actually think you disappoint God even more. I think you disappoint God even more. And I know that there are some of you out there that have been promised things by people, and they didn't fulfill those things. That happens all the time. The making of false vows means plain and simple that it is a lie. These oaths, and, and they were grades of importance to these oaths that they would give. You know, they'd, they'd start at the top, you know, and say, by God. Then they would say, by heaven, because that's not God. And they would go down to the earth, and they would go down to something else that they're swearing by over and over and over again. These oaths and their, their grades of importance of these oaths were taken to convince maybe oneself. Maybe you're trying to convince yourself. If you say it enough to yourself, maybe you'll begin to believe it, just like the politicians. If they say it enough, maybe they'll believe me. But they're still trying to convince others that they're going to actually fulfill the task that they said they're going to do. Oaths taken in the name of the Lord were considered binding. And if these were unfulfilled oaths, they were condemned there would be punishment for that. Today, folks, we hear things, I swear by God, that I mean this, or cross my heart, and I hope to die if this doesn't happen. Have you ever heard anyone swear by their mother's grave? Yeah. I wonder what would happen there. Does the mother come back? if you don't fulfill what you said you are going to do? These promises are used to convince the person that what they said was legitimate, that what they said was relevant to their declaration. I really mean it this time. That's what they're basically saying. I really mean it this time. But you hear it over and over and over again. The practice of taking an oath turned into frivolous swearing, where it was not necessary to make an oath. It was common for a man to say things like, by my head I swear, or by that fig tree I swear. They pick out things that were around them and they swear by those things. And it didn't mean anything. Turn with me to Zechariah chapter 8. We uh, finished up on that book uh, well, it's about two years ago now, I guess a year and a half ago. But Zechariah chapter 8, and I love that book, and I still find that to be my most favorite of Old Testament books. But Zechariah chapter 8, verse 16, it says this, These are the things which you should do. Speak the truth to one another. I, I, folks, I hope you're doing that. That, that you're real, that you speak the truth to each other. There's an expectation that you do that. Uh, now, folks, you know that I'm uh, involved with the counseling here at Grace Church, you know, and, and I have people come in and they start to tell me things and they're not true. 
They're not even close to being true sometimes. And, and I take everything that they say as truth. They don't have to swear by anything until it's proven that what they said was a lie to make them look better or to get their spouse in trouble or to get somebody else in trouble. Tell me the truth. It's not that big a deal. Whether I still accept you or not, that's not that big a deal. It's whether he does. What does God think about this? Zechariah 8 again Verse 16, these are the things which you should do. Speak the truth to one another. Judge with truth and judgment for peace in your gates. It's very important that in your household, you are speaking the truth all the time. Also, let none of you devise evil in your heart against another and do not love perjury for all these are what I hate declares the Lord. He hates that kind of activity. Yet it goes on and on and on, and even within the church, folks. Even within the church. Friends, Jesus is saying in the Sermon on the Mount, you don't need to contort your words to be accepted. You just need to tell the truth. You don't need to put it into all of these oaths and and get into the habit of using these oaths rather than the habit of using truth because that's what you should be using. I once heard a pastor say this, to tell you the truth. Hmm. As he was saying that, I'm thinking to myself, oh, so the other times he's lying. Right? I mean, that's the way I look at it. He's needing to legitimize whatever he's going to say there. As a pastor, he should be telling the truth all the time. As a Christian, you should be telling the truth all the time. But pastor, what if it gets me into trouble? It gets you into trouble. Join the club. Join the club. It gets you into trouble. But you're speaking the truth. Now, we're going to talk about towards the end here some things that you can be and ways to speak when you're speaking the truth. Today, whatever oaths, promises, or contracts, and I'm going to say that because I'm going to speak about my business, one makes, they have the same goal, and that is to tell the truth. They are to prompt people to tell the truth. Years ago, when I was in business, I was selling fabric, And I sold fabric to the Hilton Hotels Corporation. They were a customer of mine, and they were a significant customer of mine. I get called up one day by the buyer and says, can you produce all of this fabric? And they gave me how much it was, and uh, can you do it in four weeks? I I wanted that order as much, I mean, as $1.25 million. That was a good, significant order. It was right after the fire that they had out there at the Las Vegas Hilton. I I wanted that order. And so I called up my office. Can you do that in four weeks? I said, do not shine me on because I lose my customer otherwise. I got called in to Baron Hilton's office. He wasn't there. (laughs) 
But the guy that's below him was the one who wanted me to promise that we could do it in four weeks. Every day at five o'clock in the morning, I woke up to call my office to check whether they were still getting it going because I, I, I wanted that. I didn't want the owner of the company knowing, hey, they didn't make it. Do you know how much business I'd have after that? Zero. Got plenty of other people you can go to. But I also wanted my reputation to be one of honesty. And, and if, if there's anything in that business that you need is to have an honest name. I once had, once had a crook, and I'm going to call him a crook, say, can I make you my salesman? I'll give you $50,000 a year. All I want to do is put your name on it. And I went, no, because he was a crook. And my name would be hooked up in that. You see why it's valuable to have that kind of a name? People need to depend on you. People need to depend on you. By the way, folks, we were two days early on that four week. That was incredible. I got to tell you, it was a lot of work to do that and get it out. And then they had a a bump on the other side, which I don't care about the bump on the other side. (laughs) I got it out the door and invoiced. Matthew. Chapter 5, verse 34, he says this, But I say to you, make no oath at all. Why is Jesus saying that now? Make no oath at all. Because he's wanting them to get used to speaking the truth. Always. I would rather not say something. This way, I don't have to lie. I don't have to fib. I don't have to give the white lie. You know, they try to put it as something that's not too bad. I don't want to give the exaggeration. No. Don't say anything. Don't say anything at all. Jesus there in Matthew 5.34, but I say to you, make no oath at all. This is a warning, folks. This is a warning. Remember where it says in Matthew chapter 23, I think it is, that Every word that you are about to say, Jesus already knows it. God already knows it. So what you're thinking in your mind is already being said in heaven. You've got to train yourself. I'm going to speak the truth all the time. I'm going to speak the truth all the time. It's a warning. This rebuke against the system of oaths created by the teachers of the day, the rabbis would pull all of this together. Allow the people to actually cheat and perjure themselves. And they did it in God's name. But if you do make an oath in the Old Testament, here's what's supposed to happen. Numbers chapter 30. Numbers 30 verse 2. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to bind himself with a binding obligation, he shall not violate his word, he shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. You are to do it. You are to do it. You know what? Even if it's painful. Even if it's going to cost you something. Even if it's going to mean money out of your pocket, you do it because you said you were going to do it. Because you said you were going to Help that person out. 
or whatever it would be. Jesus says there's no need to take an oath for you. There should be no need to take an oath. Because you tell the truth all the time. You tell the truth all the time. To make an oath is to swear, to make a solemn declaration with an appeal to God as confirmation. I appeal to Him that what I'm saying is the truth. You know, that's why it's so easy, not, not easy, but it's so relevant to teach out of the Word of God because it's not our words. It's His Word. I don't have to make things up. I, I, I watched somebody, and I'm not even going to give you his name, preach the other day who is not a preacher from the Word of God. And I'm look, looking at him going, wait, can, wait a minute, he's making these things up as he goes along. It, it was absolutely embarrassing. But he was in a church of 30,000 people. So you get a pretty good idea of where he was. To make an oath is to swear. It's a solemn declaration. It's a confirmation of your vow, your oath. Jesus says you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. But if you do, and there are times when you do, and I have to make an oath. Has anybody ever been called to the court system? Has anybody ever gotten married? You made an oath there. It's a solemn oath. Police officers, if you've been in the military, all of these folks have made an oath. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can swear to speak the truth here and there's no problem. The courts make people swear because there's a possibility they're going to lie and probably some of them even lie after they've sworn, been sworn in. You're not violating the words of Christ. You also make vows of weddings and all kinds of things. What does Jesus say? He says, but I say to you, make no oath at all. You don't have to make the oath. But in those situations, you certainly can. But at the same time, whatever you say is going to be the truth. And you ought to do it. Folks, I was, uh, only once have I had to go to court. It was over a marriage situation. And while I'm outside in the waiting room, okay, the um, lawyer for one of the clients comes over to me and says, this is what happened that day. And I said, no. And then he kept saying, but this is what happened that day. And I said, no. And I told him what happened. He said, but we want you to say it this way. I said, wait a minute. Should I go in there and tell the judge what you're doing? He left me alone. He left me alone. And I went in there and I just said the truth. Believe it or not, that lawyer and one of the people came to John MacArthur's office to tell him I was a liar. Do you know Pastor MacArthur never came to me asking me if I was a liar? He never did, because he knew. He knew I would be telling the truth. There's no reason. I, I, I have no ducks in the pond on this thing. I have nothing here that's, that's going to make this of any value. Folks, tell the truth all the time. 
You know, people come up to me and say, well, you said this to me 10 years ago. You said this to me 25 years ago. All I know is going to be the truth. Sometimes whether they like it or not. Sometimes whether they like it or not. But I'm going to tell the truth. This way I don't have to lie again to make that untruth better somehow. You know, we're talking with our grandkids when we were away this past week. And one said, you know, I heard this lesson about speaking a lie. And she said, well, then you have to tell another lie to be able to cover that lie and another lie to cover that lie and all of this kind of stuff. And she said, and then it's a big monster. <laughs> says, you're right. Tell the truth all the time. You have nothing to worry about. In the Jewish tradition, though, the oaths were eventually were divided into two classes. Of course, that's what they're going to do. There's the absolutely binding truth when you do it by God's name, and then when you are not doing God by God's name. They all contain the name of God. That was extremely binding, and, and, and folks, they would be rejected in their community if they were found to continue to lie. The use of God's name made it more critical, more critical to keep. But in some cases, God's name was still taken in vain. Jesus says in verse 34, make no oaths at all. Jesus says that since the way oaths were being carried out, why do that? Why go through this whole system to try to convince others that you're telling the truth when you're not going to tell the truth? Tell the truth, period. Don't make the oath. Just tell the truth then you don't have to make these oaths. You know what, folks? I can reform our judicial system. Everyone who's called upon tell the truth. Then we have nothing to worry about. But do you think that would ever happen? No. No. Because we have a bunch of liars out there, but we should not have a bunch of liars in here. We should be different. We should stand out. Completely and thoroughly from what the world is. Please, if you come to my office and get counseling, please tell me the truth. I'm not going to hate you, despise you, look down on you. I'm not going to think less of you or anything else. It's not that big a deal, folks. But we can deal with it when it comes. But if you keep lying about it or pushing it off or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Yeah, it's like the, the, the person who came into my office and told me all about their spouse and how terrible they were. Well, I said, well, we need to get you. This is one of the first cases I've ever counseled. I'm holding on to the desk, desk because I want to go get the guy. Now you know who it was. I want to go get the guy and I want to tear him apart. I mean, I was feeling this anger inside because of what he did to his wife. And then I had him come in. And guess what? The story wasn't the same. The story wasn't the same. And I ask, and they said, you're right, it wasn't that. I don't know why they were telling me all those things. But folks, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Keep your word if you say something. If you say, I'm going to be there, keep your word. Jesus then gives us the various things not to take an oath by. 
Why would Jesus do that not to give us this whole list? He's already told you not to take oaths. Why does he give you a list? Because these are the same things that the Jews would use in their day to pronounce their truthfulness. Ultimately, as believers, if, I, if, if we have to swear an oath and confirm truthfulness, we are no different than the rest of this lying society we live in. And we should be different. We should be totally different. Could you imagine listening to the news reporter and he says at the end of his news report, and I swear by this TV station that this is the truth. Do you know how many TV stations we'd have left? None. We'd have none. There would be no stations. As a side note here in verse 34, make no oath at all does not mean that we are, if we're not called, if we're called to a witness stand, as I just mentioned, that we are not to speak a, a, a given oath there. Take the oath. There's nothing wrong with that. But make sure you're telling the truth. Make sure you're telling the truth. I believe that Christians today can take oaths. You join the military, police department, as I said before, marriage. And hopefully there we would be keeping those vows to love and to cherish and to honor and all of this and all of the various things that you may say in, um, in your vows. I actually let folks put their own vows together. But I want to see them before I repeat them. They have to have that significance in there of the other person. The other person, whether it's male or female, you've got to be the other person. So Christian brother and sister, why do you lie? And I do mean you. Why do you lie? First John 5.10 says this, The one who believes in the Son of God has a testimony in himself. That's in the believer. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his son. You see, if the son of God is truly in me, if the son of God has truly died for my sins, then I ought to be a truth teller at all times. At all times. Not just when it's good for me, but even when it's bad for me. Do I believe that God can cover that sin? Of course. Do I believe that I should receive the consequences for whatever I did wrong? Absolutely. I may not like it, but I ought to be a truth teller. You see, if you believe in the dear, precious Son of God, the one who took your sins on His back, gave His blood for you, Why would you want to take on the uniform of Satan? Because Satan is called the father of lies. And and you're on his team. You're wearing his uniform rather than the uniform of the Christian. He's a father of lies, but in Jesus Christ, truth reigns in that holy son of God. I want to give you some reasons why a Christian may lie. This is not to get you out of it. I don't want to give you some reasons, and it's certainly not comprehensive, but it, there's a few here. The first reason that a Christian may lie or tell a lie is the fear of telling difficult truths. You ever been there? 
it, it's sometimes hard to tell this truth. Mom is dying, but you tell the grandkids, she's doing fine, there's nothing wrong. Don't worry about it. Dad leaves the family, but, he, but they tell the little ones that he's just away for a while. That's cowardice speech. Ephesians 4.15 says, speak the truth in love. There is a way to tell that kind of truth, a way to make sure that you're telling that kind of truth. So speak the truth in love. Tactful speech is important here. You know, you can't be like the, the woman I once had. This is when we had uh, home phones. Anybody have a home phone left? Nobody has home phones. Everybody's got their own personal phone, yeah. Okay, and, and uh, you know, somebody answers the phone, just tell them I'm not here. <laughs> I, I've heard that. Just tell them I'm not here. I've actually heard it on the other side of the phone. <laughs> what a lie. Tactful speech. He's not able to come to the phone. You know, that's a way that you could say it. We need to have grace-filled speech. But not lying. But not lying. That, that's, that's just... You're thinking less of the people around you if you have this um, unfiltered, uh, who cares what they think kind of speech. Colossians chapter 3, I, I mean, um, 4... I love this particular verse. Uh, as it says in, in verse 5, it says, uh, Colossians 4, 5, it says, Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. How do I tell the truth to an unbeliever? Uh, how would you like to be in the counseling room telling somebody, that's not the problem, you're the problem? You've got to do that tactfully, by the way, because you don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> Let your speech, verse 6, always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you could, should respond to each person. Let it be with grace. There's a way to say it, a very tactful way of saying it. Don't lie. Courage is needed in speech. You know that, folks? Courage is needed in speech. I even had to correct myself this morning on something I said on the way to the church. I said, I should have said it this way rather than the way I said it. Telling the truth but doing it is in kindness and gentleness. That's what should happen. There's a second reason. Second reason, you lie because you have careless speech. You say you can do something before you truly looked at your schedule. Ooh, that hurts. Not that I've ever done anything like that, by the way. <laughs> I have my fingers crossed. It's okay. You say, oh, yeah, yeah, well, let's get together Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, I'm out of town. There's this, there's that going on. Whenever my wife, and I'm going to bring her up here because she just smiled over there. Whenever my wife asked me to do something, I said, let me get my appointment book. I need to look in there because I don't want to say, oh, yeah, we can do it. And then I've got these two clashing things clashing. You know which one wins. Uh, 
No, you want to make sure you can do it. So that's careless speech. And there's a third reason. And this one may hit home more than others, but uh, some of you talk like the ever-ready bunny. <laughs> what does that mean? Remember the ever-ready bunny? He goes and 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 he doesn't stop. Well, some of you talk too much. And I'm not stepping on any toes here. Some of you guys, I know you do. Be slow to speak. Measure out your words before you start to say them. Before you start to enter into where you're actually talking about others that you shouldn't be talking about. Weigh that. Be considerate. I actually think it's better to not have a lot of information about things because then I don't have to say yes or no or whatever. It's better that way. Years ago, though, I want to give you a a situation that I had with my kids. They were little. And not little, but I guess they were in school. So they must have been in junior high, high school. And so they were in school, and, and I'd say, Saturday, we're going to go do this. And Saturday came, and unfortunately, I had a funeral to do, or I had something else to do. Or I, and I did this two or three weeks in a row. I finally looked at my kids, and I said, I'm going to your principal, and I'm going to tell uh, her and him, because I had two different principals, that I'm taking you out of school this day. It was a Tuesday, and we're going to go skiing. Do you know, the principals thought I was out of my mind. I, I said, no, no, I'm taking them out of school. I need to be with them. And I keep promising, and I don't fulfill it. Folks, if you're not fulfilling your promises, what, who are you? Who are you? And so we took them out of school. Guess what? They weren't ruined. Whew, man. <laughs> don't know how that ever happened. Stick by your word. As much as you can, obviously. Some of those things are out of control, and I understand that. But stick by your word. Matthew chapter 5, verse 35 says this, Or by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. You can see we started with God, and now we're going to the lesser things here as we go down. Obviously, swearing by earth does not remove God from the equation, since he is the creator of the earth. God is the creator. Nor should an oath be taken uh, by Jerusalem or the city of God. That's where he dwelt. All of those kinds of things. You should never take an oath by that. Psalm 48, if you want, you can turn there. Psalm 48, verses 1 and 2. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, the holy, his holy mountain. Beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. That's his king. Why are you swearing by his city? You know, the first time that we got to Israel and and I I stepped there, I'm in the holy city, but there are a lot of unholy people around here. Yeah, you think about it. It's the holy city, but there are a lot of unholy people around here. Don't swear by that. Matthew 5.36, nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. 
Some of you may be doing something to make it black. <laughs> I'm not going to pick on any of you to make it black. But I noticed after COVID, quite a few of you had made it white. <laughs> Did you notice that? In the choir especially. Mm. That had nothing to do with taking an oath. This oath revolves around the person and not God. Some try to swear by their head. Could you imagine swearing by your head? I'm going to do this or what? You're going to do it with your head. Okay, I'm going to take it off. This oath meant that the swearer would give their head if they were not speaking the truth. This obviously never came to fruition. For what man or woman would want to take their head? Maybe some of you would, but I, I don't think you really would want to do that. The argument has gone from the greater to the lesser, as I mentioned already. We're down to the most insignificant thing is the human being's head compared to God. Matthew 5.37 But let your statement be, yes, yes, or no, no. Whatever you say. Anything beyond these is of evil. Jesus, I should say James, said this a little differently in James chapter 5, verse 12. You'll see this repeated in a somewhat similar fashion in James 5, 12. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but your yes is to be yes and your no, no, so that you may not fall under judgment. Pretty clear. God is... God is repeating this again, doing it this time through James, the writer, that we can't live flippantly when it comes to telling the truth. We we can't do it casually that, ah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it does matter. It does matter. If I tell somebody I'm going to be back at church tonight, I better be back at church tonight or have a really good reason not to be back at church tonight because they may want to see me tonight. Can't take it casually. Jesus' teaching on the mount is very important for us today. And the importance of it is thy word is truth. Vows that are taken in a marriage ceremony ought to be truthful, folks. As not just as long as the good times are rolling, not as long as the, the music is still playing, but even in the rough and difficult times, those vows should be adhered to. Now, however, there is an indifference, and this is in our society, there is an indifference to telling truth from presidential news reports to everyday speech in the streets. The media, I believe, tries to influence the country by lying. I really do. I mean, could you imagine people are still saying that we evolved? And that's a lie that keeps going on and on and on and on. And there's so many other lies that come under, you know, supposed science. Here in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus makes it evident of the unreliability of people's words. Jesus tells his followers in a significant, bold way, to reassert God's way, truthfulness, 
in kingdom living. Truthfulness. There's no need to make an oath. Just tell the truth. Could you imagine if we could turn the world around by telling the truth? Which be that Jesus is the Son of God and He's here to take away your sins. Folks, I want to close by looking at Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. And I'm going to read all the way to verse 19 because I think there's so much in here that's rich. My son, if you have become surety for your neighbor have given a pledge for a stranger, if you have been snared with the words of your mouth, have been caught caught with the words of your mouth, do this then, my son, and deliver yourself, since you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go humble yourself and importune your neighbor. What is, what is he saying there? Is that if you have already lied, if you've already been caught, go to him. Seek forgiveness. Tell the truth. That's going to honor God. Verse 4, give no sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelids. Deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hunter's hand and like a bird from the hand of the fowler. (laughs) You say, do it quickly. Do it now. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Observe her ways and be wise, which, having no chief officer or ruler prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? O little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands and rest. Your poverty will come in like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. A worthless person, a wicked man is the one who walks with a perverse mouth who winks with his eyes and signals with his feet, who points with his fingers, the person with a perverse mouth, who with perversity in his heart continually devises evil, who spreads strife. Therefore, his calamity will come suddenly. Instantly, he will be broken and there will be no healing. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven, which are an abomination to him. A haughty eyes, lying tongue, and hands that shed blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that run rapidly to evil. A false witness who utters lies and one who spreads strife among brothers. Pretty important for God. To mention that in the six things that he hates, the lying tongue is among them. These are the kinds of things that that God hates, and we should also. And so may I, I leave that with you, something to think about, something to even contemplate. And make sure that the lying is not there, it's not going on in your world. Yes, others may lie to you, but that you're going to tell the truth. Now, before I have a word of prayer, I do need to make an announcement, a couple of announcements that I forgot to make. One 
uh, is that for the ladies thing, today's the last day to sign up for that very spectacular. I hope that's not lying. I hope that's just generating <laughs> spectacular, put a sweater on a pumpkin. <laughs> can, can we call it that? Put a sweater on a pumpkin. They're going to get cold. And the other thing is, okay, I spoke to Ruben again yesterday, and, and Ruben and I had a good time of talking. He's very encouraged with the signs that he sees. She's still very serious. But um, today there was going to be another dialysis check uh, for her and, and to see what's going on there. But uh, there's lots of signs of her getting well. So I know if, if you know Ruben and, and um, Sandy, continue to pray for them. Uh, at the same time that she got COVID, uh, Reuben got COVID, and then uh, his mother got COVID. And she's recovering from it as well. Um, she's 89 years old. So um, just to continue to pray for them. Anyway, I'm going to do that right now. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for how precious it truly is. Lord, your word is truth. We live by it. We love it. We imbibe it. We study it. Uh, we want to make sure that we memorize it. Lord God, as we do that, make sure we're speaking truth. Make sure we're living truth. Make sure that we act in a truthful way. Lord God, you are good. You're always good. You forgive everybody uh, that comes to you in confession of sin, First John 1, 9. And so, Lord, I pray that everybody would take advantage of that, knowing that you do forgive, that relationships that are broken because of lying, because of taking an oath or a promise or whatever it is, that, Lord, you bring healing, that you bring, um, give them energy to be able to speak to the other folks that they have hurt. Lord God, thank you for this group of people who love your word. Continue to grow them. Let them be the people of God you want them to be, Lord, as these last days continue. In your name, amen.